<clears throat> so that was, um, that was Jim Rohn. Uh, him and Zig Ziglar probably had more to do with uh, training my brain to success than any other two people on the planet next to my wife. Uh, and if you uh, listen to Jim Rohn like I have for the last 20 some odd years, I have all of his tapes and CDs. Um, and if you follow along the rest of this particular, it's like six or seven, uh, it's, like, it's like a one hour seminar they broke into ten, like 10 minute pieces. Um, if you listen to that, he's gonna talk about something, and he mentioned it a little bit, called a day that turns your life around. And uh, I wanna just talk to you about, I've had, I've had a number of days that were really big in my life, but I'm gonna mention to you one, one day that was super important, uh, that really turned my life around. And I was 20 years old. This is before I even found chiropractic. I was 20 years old, and um, I was a, a junior, I was in, actually in between my junior and senior year of college at SUNY Albany in New York. Uh, and I was home for the summer, and I wanted to be a medical doctor. That was my goal, to be a medical doctor. Uh, I had spent the last 15 years in pedi pediatric offices and respiratory therapy offices uh, because I had the worst asthma. You've heard me talk about this before. Horrible asthma and puffing on inhalers and sick all the time. And so I had spent all my life thinking I was going to be a doctor because my pediatrician, Dr. Kaplan, used to always call me Dr. Rubin. Now, I have no idea if he called every kid Dr. So-and-so, right? Uh, but he called me Dr. Rubin, and I just assumed it was because I would make such a great doctor. Um, uh, so I, I wanted to be a, a pediatrician just like him. And, uh, but the problem was is that I was still very sick with asthma. I was still shaking like this from the asthma medication because I hadn't found chiropractic yet. Um, and I didn't know what to do. So one day, I, I was in Dr. Kaplan's office, and I said, you know, I'm a biology major at SUNY Albany, and doing well and what, what should I do like to help me get into medical school what what's be, would be the answer and he said well you should you should work in a hospital so uh, he helped me get a job working in Franklin Square Hospital on in Long Island um, and uh, I worked in the emergency room as what they called at that time an orderly uh, which I don't know what on earth that really means um, but what essentially I did was whatever they asked me to do right I was hired to do whatever they told me to do so um, I started working and essentially there was no orientation whatsoever except for like, you know, just don't touch anything, <laughs> don't do any, don't give any advice about anything uh, and um, just kind of follow the lead of whatever the lead doctor is, the ER, you know, the ER doc. Okay, I can do that. I'm pretty smart. So uh, a couple of days into this, I am like saying to myself, this is like the worst job I've ever had in my life. And I had been all kinds, of, I worked in food, I delivered newspapers before you, when you're allowed to deliver newspapers. Um, you know, I worked in factories, uh, I used to work in Lockheed, there was a Lockheed place all around packing like airplane parts. So I worked all kinds of jobs, but this was the worst. And you know why it was the worst? Because the people were so mean, and not the patients. It was the staff, the staff was so mean. And not mean just to me, but mean to everybody. Everybody was mean, the whole hospital was just mean. And I'm not really a mean person. So I remember one day, uh, it was maybe a couple of weeks into the job, and uh, I, this one family had come in. It was, uh, it was close to Christmas, uh, I mean, close to uh, 4th of July. So this one family had come in, and they were all, I guess, at a party. Uh, and the grandma was there, too. And the grandma was having some chest pain, so they brought the grandma into the hospital. 
Um, so she was sitting in the hospital and the family was out there talking with the doctor and I'm sitting there with this mom, with this, with the grandma and I was talking with her and I didn't like how she looked. And, and remember, I'm, this is, I'm a junior in college. I know nothing, right? I don't like how she looked. And um, I had been trained as an EN, like an ENT that, that, at SUNY Albany that had like the volunteer ambulance. So I, had, so I had a little bit of training and I just didn't like how she looked. I didn't like how she was talking to me. And I went out to one of the doctors and I said, you know, I'm getting this feeling she's not acting right, looking right. Could, and he's like, I'm talking to the family. I'm like, but she, I'm telling you, I think something's going on that you should. Reuben, get back in there. Okay. Okay. So I went back in the room, and I'm talking with her, and guess what happens? She codes. All of a sudden, within like a minute, it goes boo, like this, and she just freezes like this. And now everything goes chaotic around me. And because the, 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 there was all curtains, like in a, and the curtains open, and your crash car, crash car, and then people start running in, and next thing you know, like I'm backing up, watching all this chaos go on, like this. And it was the, the scariest thing to watch, and she unfortunately didn't make it. Uh, and it was the first time I'd ever seen something like that. And I was super upset, number one, because it happened, number two, because I saw it about to happen, and I told them something was about to happen, and they just completely dismissed me. So I remember afterwards going downstairs into the cafeteria of the hospital and I was sitting there by myself, like just completely dazed. And I was saying to myself, like, I've had it. Like there is zero way I'm going into medicine. If this is how it is, there is no way I'm going to do this. But at that moment in time, I didn't know what on earth I was going to do. I hadn't even heard, heard the word chiropractic. That didn't even cross my mind at that moment. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I completely have had it. And this one uh, doctor, uh, I mean, nurse came down and she sat with me and she said, you're really upset by what happened, huh? And I said, yeah. And she said, you never saw someone die before? I said, well, that, uh, that was upsetting. But what was really upsetting was how they treated me. And this is what this person said to me. She said, get used to it. If you're going to work in this field, you better get used to it. You better get cold. You better get it heartless. You better have no emotion. You don't attach to anybody. You don't attach to anything. You're just a machine. All you do is you come in, you do your work, and you leave. That's the only way you can survive in this field. And I remember going home, literally to my parents, crying, saying, I'm done. That's it. I'm not going to do this. I'd rather do something else than go into medicine. Like, don't worry about it. We'll find something else. You know, maybe instead of going into hospitals, you do this. I'm like, no, but you have to. It was, I was so upset. And a few weeks later, my mom went to a chiropractor because of back pain, and then everything changed. Right. So, so God kind of answered my prayers, you know, during that summer. Um, but what, I, but what Doc, Jim Rohn was to would talk about when he says that data turns your life around, the, the first thing that happens is disgust. That's the first thing. Enough is enough. I've had it. Remember you said that before? I've had it with the Girl Scout, right? Right. I've had it. So that was the first thing. The step number one is disgust. He said, I've had it. That's what I said. I've had it. I am not going to become a medical doctor. There is no way in hell I'm doing this. This is not the kind of thing for me. I refuse it. Now, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I said, I'm not going to do this. That was the first thing. And the second thing, and part of what you have to do in that is take action. So what do you think I did after that night at the hospital? I quit. The next day I call up, I said, I'm done. Oh, but you're doing so great. I am done. I don't care. I'll, I'd rather not work this summer than work there. I am done. So I took action, right? I took action. I made us. So the first thing was disgust, right? And next thing was action. I took some action. 
on that disgust committee. As I said, I'm not going to put myself through this anymore. The next thing is to make a decision, right? Oh, what, am I, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I, I thought long and hard, and my mom and I and my dad, we talked about, all right, what are the possible steps and what are the other kind of things we can do? And like I said, lo and behold, within a few you know, weeks, my mom started going to a chiropractor, and then I started going to a chiropractor, and everything changed because I found my calling. But I made the decision that it's not that I'm not going to go into healthcare. I'm just going to go do something else. I'll figure something else out. And I left myself open, right? I opened myself up to allow whatever that next step was going to be to come you know, through. And then the, the last thing was uh, is to, to make a decision to do whatever you decide to do until you're done, right? Until, like, like Jim Rohn in, in later on in this video, he says one of the most powerful words in the English language is the word until. Like, when do you stop? You don't stop. You, stop, you don't stop until it's done, right? So I decided to become a chiropractor. And do you think my family was happy about me? Now, my parents were good with it. Do you think the rest of my family, my, my, my cousins and my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents, do you think they were happy about me becoming a chiropractor? After the last 15 years, all they heard from me was, since I was five years old, I kept on saying, I'm going to be a doctor, going to be a doctor, going to be a doctor. And guess what my grandma used to do when I would call her up after this? I say, hey, grandma, I decided I'm not going to be a medical doctor anymore. I'm going to be a chiropractor. Guess what she did? Hung up. Boom. She wouldn't even talk to me. Would not talk to me. Until I was about to graduate from life in 1989. So that was 84. So from 84 to 89, I hardly talked to my grandma. She would just hang up the phone all the time. So don't think that just because like, you, you make this great monumental decision to be a chiropractor, that doesn't mean that you're gonna, people are going to like this, that they're going to be okay with it. And don't worry, because I did it anyway. I did it until. Right? I proved it when I, that my grandma started talking to me when I opened up my own practice. Right? When, uh, so in 1990, I opened up my own practice after graduating here in 89. Opened up my, and then she started talking to me. She said, okay. She, well, actually, she apologized. She said, you know, Drew, I'm really sorry. I should never have treated you this way. I, we lost five years of communication, and that was really wrong. But I didn't know, I didn't think you were going to go through with this. And I was so mad because I had seen, I knew your potential, and I wanted to make sure you were going to go through it, and, and, but I, I shouldn't have handled it that way. And that was our last conversation because she died a few weeks later. So I'm glad that we were able to close that, that gap, right? But I did it until, right? And, and I think it's super important to understand like, that, that each one of you has had a number of days that turned your life around. And I'm telling you that you're going to have more. You're going to have more. You're going to have more days that are going to hit you upside the head, that are going to blindside you, that are going to be complete shocks for you, and expect it and just understand it's, it's just the way life is. Right? I wish that I would love to say that life is just constantly, I'm just on that surfboard, just surfing the USA. I wish I could say that, but it just, just doesn't work that way, right? And you've got to be prepared for it. But I love Jim Rohn's ideas of that once you hit that day that turns your life around, you've got to be okay with, I'm okay to be disgusted. I'm okay to be pissed. I'm okay to say I've had it. I'm okay to say enough is enough. I'm okay with that, right? I'm okay with that because that means... Because you could either be, you could either say, I'm, I'm disgusted and then wallow in that for the rest of your life, or you can say, this is what happened and now what are you going to do about it? Right? And that's what he was talking about. Right? That girl scout came up to his door and said, you know, you want to buy some cookies? And he was embarrassed and he said, I'll never let this happen again. You know, I was working in the hospital and they 
treated me like crap and treated the patients like that too. And I said, I am not going to be a part of this. This is, I am not going to do it this way. Even though I, I spent 15 years planning for doing it this way, I decided to make an about face. And that was a super hard decision to make, but it was the best decision I ever made. Because otherwise, I look, I look back now, looking at that moment, if I had kept with it, then I'd probably be some cold, heartless asthma doctor right now, pushing uh, butyrol and inhalers and nebulizers. And still having asthma myself. Saying, hey, I've been using this for 55 years, you know? <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be... Right, that would be like a big advertisement in my office is, is like, you know, I use Buterol and I, we've been best friends forever, right? I haven't had asthma since 1984. I'd rather talk about that, right? That's a much better advertisement for chiropractic. I have not had asthma since 1984. Some of you guys weren't even born yet, right? And I haven't had asthma since that time. And to me, that's amazing. Like that, that is how you turn your life around. And I want to share that with you. And you should listen, listen to Jim Rohn. This guy is one of my favorites.